0: everyone, and welcome to the pod. You know, we're going to be talking today about listening in on clinical encounters and uh, recording them and analyzing them, having AI process uh, these encounters and maybe give uh, additional insights and recommendations. It's a topic that's been on our mind a lot lately because we're having a lot of telemedicine encounters these days. We're talking about virtual scribing or AI to help uh, with charting and uh, documentation for these clinical encounters. And it's kind of natural to start wondering, are we, uh, should we be using this processing power for more than just charting? Should we be thinking about opportunities to uh, analyze these encounters and maybe share insights with uh, the care team about uh, you know, the patient's circumstances? I'm going to turn it over to Raj for some thoughts.
1: Now with the availability of a highly mature ai technologies, there is a good reason uh, to use a virtual assistance, which can provide uh, not only the transcription of conversation for uh, clinical notes purposes, but also with a better understanding of context and intent. Now it can categorize, classify, and profile the conversation. Uh, this is important to detect these patterns to measure a patient's satisfaction and their confidence Uh, frankly uh, there is no mature EA model to detect and score properly the satisfaction based on a general conversation. In my market scan um, I see a a lot of uh, EA technology companies invest huge amount of time effort to develop a mature model for a sentiment analysis. Yeah um, good point and you know If you were to sort of even suspend the maturity aspect for a little bit and perhaps even the evidence and research for a little bit and think about sort of the realm of possibilities, I feel that there's a lot that can be done. You know, just thinking about telehealth, you know, all encounters for telehealth are digital bits and bytes. And if you were to imagine all that could be done with that digital information, you know, a lot comes to mind. So, for example, you could do sentiment analysis on voice. You could compare with past voice recordings of the patient to assess inflections that may indicate a certain behavioral, behavioral or clinical issue, you could, you know, if there were video encounters, you could do facial analysis for expressions, changes, changes in weights. You can look for non-verbal cues related to frustration, happiness, and so on. And, you know, once we have all of the above from a technology perspective, we can even identify non-clinical use cases. For example, you know, there was a study done where, you know, you could look at. Um, I think the study was from 2002, where, you know, the the topic was surgeons' tone of voice, a clue to malpractice history, where you there uh, there was an analysis of provider voices, and you could extrapolate um, to figure out which surgeons are more likely to be sued for malpractice claims. And if you sort of think about that, you know, dissatisfied patients and identifying surgeons or doctors that might be sued you know you could preempt those things and and even address them either during the encounter or even later on for patient satisfaction purposes
2: yeah yeah I agree and and if voice could be used effectively and reliably to uh, detect an emotional state of a patient, as well as their disease state, then I think sentiment analysis could be incredibly powerful. Uh, And, you know, now I'm not sure if this technology is ready for prime time right now, especially in a hospital setting where the workflows need to be extremely uh, efficient and tight. However, if and when it is proven to work, there could be a lot of use cases where we can employ this to aid patient care. And one of those that I can think of is we're doing a lot of remote patient monitoring right now. We're sending patients home with devices and monitoring them remotely. And sometimes the doctors feel disconnected with the patients. Being able to get some information about their emotional state, either reported back to you, could help bridge that gap and make the providers feel a little bit more connected with their patients.
0: Yeah, great uh, concepts, really kind of far out, forward-thinking stuff. But I, I can't help but recall when, whenever, when I'm teaching medical students about telemedicine. I mean, they can't get over that we're not recording these encounters. Like, forget about analyzing them and coming up with, you know, AI insights into emotional states. We we're not even storing these encounters. It, like, it seems like such a no-brainer to do that, but it's just not done. I think. IT would be really uh, wary about storing all this sensitive info, and the doctors are pretty nervous about um, you know having a a record of what actually transpired because they do a lot of documentation, they click a lot of boxes. it, it's about billing, uh, frankly, in a lot of cases. And there's some studies to show that there's some upcoding that happens. And when you compare it to a recording, uh, you see some things are documented that might not have actually happened. So, you know, I think we have a lot of hurdles to cross uh, before we're uh, ready to start talking about that.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Nick, for injecting <laughs> a, a little bit of a reality dose into this thing. And, and just, you know, pursuing this sort of thought... There are nuances in healthcare that really, you know, make it difficult for some of these technologies to 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 shine and to bloom and to be actually sort of used. Uh, this is not retail or other consumer industries where you know we have the permissions to uh, to do that. There's a lot of regulation um, that that applies to us. I mean, we're recording this podcast on the same day uh, or a day after Amazon's announcement that they acquired sort of Halo and. You know, if you look at Amazon, their consumers have allowed them, knowingly or unknowingly, to use voice for many use cases, and using that information to understand their behavior and preferences is allowed by that. But healthcare is not retail. Now, just FII for people um, who may not be aware, you know, Halo is a health and wellness band that Amazon acquired. You know, you you can it can do body composition, track activity, sleep, and so on. And it also has a tone um, aspect where it analyzes quality of voice, energy, positivity, and the strength of communications and so on. So you know, Amazon can do that because it does not have the same regulations that healthcare would, would, uh, would allow for. And to, to take it to the other aspect of healthcare, which is evidence, you know, there are no clinical studies done that demonstrate that machine-based voice or facial analysis is close to the analysis that's done by humans you know any diagnostic tool that claims to do that will have to go through FDA approval and probably need years and years of testing
0: yeah i um i did some reading uh before the podcast to prepare and i did see some foundational work done there's like something called the rotor interaction analysis system and they've been applying this kind of uh analysis and coding of of uh, conversations between doctors and patients to kind of come up with some insights Um, and a lot of it is actually about uh, chronic care related to HIV and sometimes uh, comparing you know um, white doctors and uh, Latin patients and so forth to kind of like see are there any cultural issues that are manifesting in uh, you know in a reproducible way that's like you know, detectable at an audio sentiment analysis kind of level, and does it differ between different ethnic groups? So, kind of interesting stuff. But even there, I think that research is not ready to come out and say that, like, you know, um, if we hear this on the recording, then a then a patient is less likely to follow up, or if we hear uh, some kind of markers of tone in the in the in the analysis, then some patients will have a better outcome or they'll have an additional diagnoses that should be considered. It's um, it's foundational work, but it's still very much in its infancy, a long way from changing practice.
2: Yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. And also, even when I heard about the, the Amazon product, um, one of the first things I thought about was is my voice going to be recorded? Is it going to be stored in the cloud? Because one of the key questions that, you know, regarding all of these voice technologies in general, is that it needs to constantly listen to the patient conversations, right? Um, whether it's to just understand that you're talking to it at that that period of time, and it needs to listen and respond to your voice commands or to analyze the voice patterns over time. And um, I think this can raise huge privacy concerns. So, and then, you know, there are some companies who are looking to sell the data and do uh, uh, things with their data that we wouldn't want to be done. But even for the companies with the best of intentions, the ones who are going to protect, who are looking to, who are not going to sell your data, uh, they're not looking to use your data outside of enhancing the product. There's still a security aspect and data theft, right? Those are always concerns and issues that we have to be, Mindful of, and then again, even with that said, you know, I realize that certain patients have certain needs, and if this, if this voice technology is effective enough, you know, those concerns will be um, will be minor compared to the the potential benefit that they could receive. So,
0: yeah, and 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 I I can imagine that's going to be a big appeal of Halo and and maybe this technology too, that it's like uh, some patients could just turn it on and say, hey, if you happen to gener- generate any insights between. This interaction with my doctor. Go ahead and share them with me, and I'll uh, gladly forego some some privacy and <laughs> send some of my data to a giant corporation. But um, look, I'll uh, I again reading and thinking about this topic. Um, there are some online AI kind of tools that will generate conversation and, and text. So I took some of our notes and plugged them into that AI system. And boom, I got like another contributor to the podcast. And this is uh, an AI uh, from InferKit. And uh, this, they had this to contribute. They said uh, there are many challenges that need to be addressed before technologies can be successfully implemented. Uh, in many cases, there are two sides of a dialogue. On one side, there is a patient speaking, and on the other side, the voice model is speaking. <laughs> For example, the voice model might be the doctor speaking to a doctor or the patient to a doctor. What are the key challenges of analyzing? And then it then it cut off abruptly. But the point is that, wow, it was able to generate some kind of filler text, but... Uh, kind of interesting, and I could have actually, if I'd really done my homework, I could have plugged this text into one of those Stephen Hawking microphones, and we could have had another participant in this podcast that was AI, and uh, maybe if we let them speak long enough, they would make some insightful points. But to wrap up, I'll just say that uh, you know, having now lived through the widespread adoption of electronic health records, and now seeing widespread adoption of telemedicine during the the COVID uh, crisis, and maybe looking ahead a little bit to remote patient monitoring, um, I'm wondering what it would take to see widespread adoption of uh ai and and like processing of clinical encounters and i gotta say like it's probably gonna need um a lot of financial incentives and overwhelming evidence of of benefit or an overwhelming need before uh this becomes like a regular feature in doctors offices and clinical encounters so i want to thank daryl raj and sidipto for joining us today and uh we'll talk to you more next time thank you